What's up? You're listening to Nostalgia. I'm Pat Sheehan with my co-host Dave Martinson. Dave, throw some perm on your attitude, man. What's going on? <laughs> hey, man. We took one week off. Our first off week. Yeah. This is episode 40 in 41 weeks, so I think we're doing pretty good. Contrary to popular Twitter opinion and uh, rumors, I did not take the week off to mourn Kanye canceling his St. Pablo stop in Albany and the rest of his 21 stops on the St. Pablo tour. There was uh, other matters that led to us not meeting last week and, and providing our dulcet t- tones to your ears. But we're going to make up for it this week. we got a packed show. Yeah. got a ton of news. Dave's going to go behind the news desk and do his best Walter Cronkite. Weekend update. We're going to yeah, weekend update. You know, actually, since Trump got elected, weekend update, much better. Gives me a little bit of hope. But they're not happy about it. They don't want it. To, like, Michael Che talked about this. He's no. Like, I wish there was something else that was funny besides Trump. Well, I wish that they could be funny without using Trump. Yeah. I guess is my, my take on Good that, point. Michael Che. Good point. We're going to be talking music, Gambino, Starboy, Bruno Mars, and two movies that we both saw, Arrival and Fantastic Beasts. But Dave, I want to start first. Shout out to you. You committed poddultery. <laughs> you were on the Irrational Passions podcast, number 305. 305 episodes. They've crazy. been at it for a long time. And they're long, too. They are long. A lot of podcast yeah. time. If you're interested, it's a video game podcast for my friend Alex O'Neill, who lives in the boring loser. state of Maryland. Alex O'Neill is a loser. Maryland. I'm just kidding. I've never met this Marylandite, but I am not a fan of it. He's got a lot of Twitter followers. I'm sure he's like 1,100. Wow, that, that is a... Alfighter27, give him a follow. He's a nice guy. I will not follow him, but <laughs> I'm going to subtweet him like crazy after the show's over. No, it was pretty cool. I checked out a couple minutes of it. He's going to hit the Malcolm Gladwell uh, 10,000 hour mark, so he's definitely going to be an so expert on podcasting. Is, is he doing that intentionally, just to reach that Malcolm Gladwell threshold? Well, Irrational Pass is also a website that he's like the editor-in-chief oh. of, so he's big into games journalism. So, shout out to him. We uh, made Game Award predictions, among a bunch of other things we talked about. So, if you're at all interested in that, you can skim along that. It's, uh, it's on my Twitter. It's also youtube.com slash irrationalpassions. It was a very fun time. Happy I could commit pot adultery with such upstanding people. Pod adultery. Pod adultery. 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 Anyways. Adult pod. Definitely check out <laughs> the Irrational Passions. Give them a follow. Is a drone in this house? I did not see that. Yeah, shout out Brian Hines. <laughs> Is that a Black Friday present? I will tell you off air. Uh, Sorry, I just what podcast. saw a drone. Yeah. A quadricopter, just like you can drone, you control, and Watch Dogs 2, a game I'm playing right now. Really fun. Ah, there you go. Watch Dogs 2. Talk about on the Irrational Passions podcast. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Bringing it back. So, there was a lot of news this week. Yeah. Why don't we start with Kanye, since I already mentioned it. Mm-hmm. This is like the oldest news that we're going to talk about, actually. Yeah. I Kanye, he's, he's having a hard time, Dave. So he was in, what, Sacramento two weeks ago? or was, Yeah, Sacramento. He came out an hour and a half late, played for 20 minutes, ranted for 40 minutes, and then walked off stage. Which, I don't, how do you walk off the floating stage? I didn't see that. It's a good point. I have no idea. Maybe he, he just is. floats. Right. I don't know how he walked off stage, but the next day, or maybe it was, what, a couple days later? Yeah, I think two days later. Two days later. He canceled the rest of the St. Pablo tour, and then a day or two after that, Kanye was hospitalized for mental health reasons, mm-hmm. which obviously is not something to joke about. It seems like he's been in the hospital for over a week now, and... Kim was going to make a public appearance, like her first one, and she canceled it to hang out with him. That's, wow, that's pretty... So. Crazy, and apparently she's been by his side the whole time, but every time they, they go to let him out, I guess he 
acts pretty crazy and they, they keep him in and i guess he wouldn't even let the doctors touch him he's so paranoid at this point so it's not looking good not for good, him. Man. Good. prayers to him i mean you know it's it sucks because like the beginning of that tour was getting amazing reviews yeah and like basically i think every date except for at sacramento one and that other one where he, he said he voted for donald trump that well that one got a lot of attention but there was the other show where he ranked a lot, but really, I think there's like three bad. There was three bad shows that happened recently before this all happened. But everything else, I mean, the show in Inglewood, which was I think right before Sacramento, he didn't rant at all. You know, it was, they said it was amazing. So it just really sucks that he's clearly uh, having a lot of issues. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally feel cursed every time I've tried to see Kanye this year. Something has happened where I haven't gotten the full show. We did see uh, the majority the majority of his set at the Meadows, right. which was excellent. Yeah. And, a lot and Governor's Ball wasn't his fault. Yeah, Governor's Ball wasn't his fault, so I just feel that cursed was the personally. Canceled by the weather. Right. Clearly, nothing he can do. I feel and cursed. And he went to Summer personally. Jam that night. That's so true. He, he did perform there. So yeah, you know. shoot, dude, over three. Yeah, over well, three for I, full. I, I, yeah, right. Yeah, for for full shows Metal this show year. Was still awesome. It was still awesome. So you know, th- thoughts about the Kanye. He he said, "Name one genius that ain't crazy." Kind of uh, foreboding at this point, but there's other good music that that's come out this week. So Dave, have you listened to the YG mixtape? Yeah, I have. Red Friday came out the day before Black Friday. It's supposed to come out Black Friday. Most notable thing about this is that YG tweeted fuck Def Jam like four times because of the leak. Hmm. And was like all mad about it. It's like eight tracks long. It, it's basically a bunch of throwaways from uh, Still Brady Sessions. Gotcha. Sounds similar. Nothing really that great on it. It's fine. If you like YG, you can listen to this and bump your head to it. Mm-hmm. This one that came out previously released that's on it, One Time Coming, I like the most. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's a quick like 20 minute listen. If you like YG, you'd like this, but it's not better than Still Brady. Well, I, I think I'll probably check it out uh, eventually. Someone's YG's a fun artist at this point, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not expecting him to make groundbreaking music, but I'm expecting him to make a, a beat that I'll probably bob my head to and mm-hmm. get in, into a song. What about the, the new Childish Gambino song, Redbone, that came out, I think it was like two weeks ago at this point. Yeah, this Maybe came out, longer. I think, right after we did our last show, so this yeah. is the thing we talked about. It's, it's like, good. Yeah, I love it a lot. It, it's really good. It's, it's strange, though. It, it, he continues to zig when everybody's thinking he's going to zag. Mm. But you, you seem to like this one more than me and your mama a lot more yeah i thought me and your mama was just too much like wailing i, I mean i just didn't like it personally mm-hmm. but redbone i think is like a really awesome song the way like when the bridge comes in and he's like stay woke the way you sing yeah. it like it's just a really fun song yeah it, it's very smooth and uh it gives me a lot of hope for uh awaken my love coming out this friday december 2nd so uh if you want to hear our thoughts on that subscribe to the podcast and you'll hear it immediately when it drops next week when we talk about childish gambino's new album awaken my love soundcloud.com slash now stay plugging what about this bubba fett movie who's bubba fett bubba Bubba. was it bubba fett bubba fett i I don't know yeah he's the han voice i guess i've always said bubba fett are you serious yeah i guess technically you are heathen man i guess so i mean i, I never really thought about it so here's the thing Pat. you know the star wars anthology films yeah we have rogue one a star wars story coming out yeah. in like three weeks hype as hell can't wait we should buy that's the, that's the first one that's always been the first one how they seal death star plans right when they first uh you know announced this plan for the anthologies being every other year with seven eight and nine it quickly became known that han solo would be one of them and then it was rumored that boba fett a boba fett solo movie would be the other one you know, similar to the Han movie, people are either like, yes, this would be awesome. No, I like the mystery the mystery of the Boba Fett character. We don't need to be fleshed out. The prequels already did too much with that, saying that he's, you know, just a clone. Mm-hmm. Right? But it kind of went dormant. And now we know that this was, in fact, canceled basically the last minute. So it seems that the Han Solo movie was moved up. It, 
to be the second spinoff, not the third one. And the reason is because Josh Trank, yeah. director of Chronicle and the terrible Fantastic Four movie from last year, was going to be attached to direct the tool of that movie, and Disney basically fired him for being unreliable. Yeah, and uh, I'm pretty sure the rumors going around the Fantastic Four was that it was pretty much unwatchable when they when he originally like yeah. showed the and he was, company. He was basically like taken off. As extract like suppressing emotion in his actors Fantastic Four which has a good cast Miles Teller Michael B. Jordan Kate Mara and Jamie Bell yeah. all talented actors that have done good work before and he basically suppressed them and I, I watched the movie on airplane just to see how bad it really was and the first half hour is super promising and then just totally falls apart it's, hmm. it's a really bad movie yeah and I guess uh, the writer for the Boba Fett movie is Simon Kinberg who was attached to the yeah. Fantastic Four movie yeah, too. Kinberg's done a lot of stuff. So it yeah, seemed like there might, might be some issues there. The thing with Trank is he's like in director jail right now because of the whole Fantastic Four fiasco or like disowned mm-hmm. the movie and just blamed everything else and he's kind of like the poster child for a young successful director being handed a franchise too soon. That's happening a lot right now. You have Colin Trevorrow indie movies now he's Jurassic World Mm-hmm. Now he's at Star Wars Episode Nine. After that, Gareth Edwards, indie movies, Godzilla, now Rogue One, Ryan Johnson, more experience, right? He's Looper. Now he's got Star Wars Episode Eight. Ryan Coogler, this guy's probably the most ascendant of all. Yeah. Fruitvale Station, franchise in Creed, bigger franchise in Marvel's Black Panther. Right. But Trank is kind of that warning where, you know, maybe it's great if director does a bunch of it's movies on their own and establishes themselves. You know, I mean, I'm not gonna say you know, which way to go with that, but Trank will get his chance again, but it's kind of interesting that it was, in fact, going to be him with Boba Fett, and that it was cancelled. Yeah, it's interesting. I think, I guess my thought on it is, obviously, you want young and promising people, because often they become young and promising because they're portraying a different kind of idea than anyone has seen before. But on the flip side, like you're saying... Sometimes you just need somebody that can... You need a third starter. You don't need someone who's going to blow you away, but someone who can get you six innings, keep the game close, and get you to the bullpen. Yeah. If, if you're a Yankee fan, I guess. <laughs> I mean, or maybe a guy like Dennis Villeneuve, who's like a hard worker making all these movies on his own, but hasn't done a franchise yet. Especially because Arrival... I, I think we we can spoil our take on this. I think we both very much enjoyed it. Yes. Fantastic movie. Uh, so a little, little teaser for yeah. you guys. Stick with us to hear that take. The last thing I wanted to mention before we move on to talk about some of the albums, just Westworld finale is coming up yeah. this weekend. I mean... Next week, Charles Gambino review, Westworld finale. So two big things to talk about. I will begrudgingly talk about Westworld, but I mean... What, what about the, Arnold Doe? What is going on in that show, That's man? I mean, what is going but the on? Thing, the other thing is that I feel like... Timelines! Yeah, I feel like Reddit has figured this all out already. Exactly. So it's almost it's like... It's a fascinating case study of the show that it's the, the show is Reddit. Right. And talking about the show is way more fun and more important than watching the show. Yeah. Experiencing the show itself, right? Yeah, really, really interesting. And I know that that we we texted a little bit about this, and I basically said my my take right now is I don't feel very invested in the show. I actually find myself checking my phone a lot during it just because I don't feel very interested. And I don't know. I'll talk more about it next week, but hopefully this final episode will have something that totally turns it around. It has to, but at the same time, they want to set up a second season. So they can't tie up too many seasons. They didn't necessarily know that. They made this a while ago. True. So we'll, see. We'll, we'll definitely see. Anyways, moving on. 24 Karat Magic. Not only Bruno Mars' single 
also an album. What do you think? It's fun. It's a really fun... Yeah, it's a pop album, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Bruno Mars makes hits, bro. Yeah, he just basically makes fire tracks all the time. Talented dude. This is, like, also very, like, love-making type yeah, of Yeah, he's... It's horny. I, I wrote my yeah. notes, he's horny in, on this album. Yeah, dude, I mean, Like, Versace on the floor is slow jam, but it's just about just ravaging a woman. Yeah. I, I mean, even... Even, like, uh, that, that. that's why I like... I mean, uh, that's my favorite song. It's, first of all, great song. Yeah. But it's also very much, uh, I'm listening to it like, huh, I would not want to listen to this with my parents in the car. It's funny because <laughs> sometimes he's really cheesy about it, too. How yeah. Like, want, like how he talks about sex, you know? And I, it's kind of funny. It's also very refreshing because we'll get to The weekend, But The weekend's right. super moody about all the girls he bangs. But yeah. not, not Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars is just like, girl, let's, let's bang. Let's have fun with it, you know? Yeah, Br- Bruno Mars is very fun. And I think that the two names that came to mind listening to this album were James Brown and... The James uh, Brown influences are very clear. Oh, I, absolutely. And then Marvin Gaye. Or sure. Kurt, yeah, yeah, Curtis Mayfield. Like that that type of crooner. Like, tonight. Yeah, exactly. Voice just to like, men kind of stuff. Too. Not only the type of like song he's singing but too. yeah the the lyrics as well so i would definitely say check it out i think that's why i like and perm were probably two of yeah, my favorites sure. outside of 24 karat magic so i like that he embraces nostalgia he oh, yeah. embraces the influence not like he's ripping them off or described as a bougie nostalgia not cheap nostalgia yeah that was funny. I, I like that like locked out of heaven for example on his last oh, project great. clearly a police song yeah and he said it openly yeah also a thing he said recently about interviews that i like is that he makes songs now with the ear of how he'll perform them live and also how he can write the songs for his like backup mm-hmm. homies that sing with him so that was cool is there one person you would rather have sing at your wedding than bruno mars oh no and his band Uptown yeah funk will be at weddings till the end of time the end of time probably also this was the biggest album to date two hundred thirty thousand human of units sold big week yeah especially i mean for albums nowadays well that's not that's just to- that's with streams oh streams okay with streams. it's a fun album it's also very short only about right. half hour so it's very succinct yeah, and, and it's it's a fun listen pretty much all the way through. Yeah. There's it's, there's not a lot of downtime on it, so give that a listen. Start contrast, yeah. at least from... Something that's not succinct from, and it's quite long. Yeah, what, what you told me, what, what I looked at when I was doing a little bit of research for this, Starboy by The Weeknd. It's fine. It's a lot like Beauty Behind the Madness, his album from last year, which had, you know, The Hills and Can't Feel My Face. It's got big singles, that kind of style again. But it's too much fluff. You know, some songs are too inconsistent or too redundant. Uh, he takes some risks, though. I think it's fine. I think the bigger takeaway for me is that The Weeknd is a big freaking deal. Like, he's a pop force. And he's actually, like, is he the only successful, like, former Drake protege to become his own thing? You're probably asking the wrong person in terms <laughs> of Drake protégés. Because um, if you remember. But, yeah, he is a force. Yeah, for sure. he was one of the first guys that, like, turned down being signed to OVO with Drake, you know, back in the day. The first time I heard The Weeknd was on Crew Love on Take Care. Yeah. And that's one of the first infamous songs where Drake took basically a weekend song and put it on his album to elevate The Weeknd, but also elevate, you know, Drake. It's crazy how big of a deal The Weeknd. I mean, he has two songs with Daft Punk. Those that, aren't just features really you buy, you know? No, Daft Punk. You can't just buy those features. Well, I thought Daft Punk, like, helped produce most of this album. Is that... They're on there a little bit. Okay. Interesting. It's like uh, 16 songs. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that, you know, he was releasing this album and every, everywhere I saw on Twitter, people were like, Starboy's dropping at midnight. People were really excited about oh, it. Oh, yeah, he set the record for most Spotify streams in a single day. He's not the most streamed artist or most streamed song. That's still both to Drake. But he broke Bieber's record from last year of most single streams in one day. And what, what Bieber song was that? I think or it was, just, well, just the, I, I think when Purpose came out, gotcha. he just broke the record. I will, I will the most stream song ever is One Dance, and most overall stream artist is Drake. Ah, Drake, fucking force, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Sure. Yeah, no, the weekend. I mean, I, I think I've said this before. I personally prefer 
older weekend stuff when he was unknown and shy and didn't want to perform in, any, See, in front of anybody. I just listened to House of Balloons right after I listened to Starboy, and it's funny because he says a lot of the same shit he did on House of Balloons. He's still rapping about his drugs and his and his women. He just and, puts and it in a different package. And he's kind of still rapping about being sad and being famous, even though he wasn't. But I guess it just wasn't old back. Now we get it. You know, we can, yes, we know you're a partier and you want that, that girl walking on the sidewalks with her heels in her hand. We get that. Right. But now we know that. You know, back then we're like, oh, who is who is Abel, whatever his last, Chris, whatever his last Yeah, is. I guess that's true. And there's something about the weekend that seemed kind of mysterious because he was so shy and wanted to stay out of the limelight in, in a sense. And then did all those hard drugs. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then he blew up, and now it's like, I, don't, I guess I don't find it as appealing anymore. I think it's just also, like, and I haven't listened to the songs on this album yet, so I can't say for certain, but a lot of the song matter doesn't really connect with me in a lot of sure. ways. So I, I guess I... I'm not... It's, it's similar to your complaints with Drake. It's, it's not relatable to being too famous and being sad because you're too famous and have girl problems. Exactly. So I guess if, if I had to pick an album, I'd, I'd rather listen to Bruno Mars and talk about having sex with girls in sure. a very raunchy way for 30 minutes than the weekend cry for an hour. So if I had to recommend songs off Starboy, the title track Starboy, I think that's one of the best singles of the year. Starboy, Starboy... Other than that, you have Party Monster, Reminder. Probably my favorite song is Sidewalks with Mr. Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick brings it on this track. We can compliment him very well. That's a good listen. Something that was really, really superfluous, the interlude with Lana Del Rey called Star Girl. Okay. So they like the Lana Del Rey weekend song on the last album, so whatever. Who is Lana Del Rey dating? Lana Del Rey's funny. She's kind of like the, the female weekend, right? Yeah. I guess that's why, that, why they have this thing. Because, like, she's, like, the bad girl, right? She gets laid all the time and does what she wants. And also, like, Lonely Night and Attention. The second song with Daft Punk at the end of the album is pretty decent, too. Gotcha. Yeah, Lana Del Rey, I don't know, but interesting. I Do you mean, like her music? No. Like that ultraviolence? I, I don't find Lana Del Rey appealing whatsoever. Yeah, I listen to it because of the hype, but not for me. Yeah. I think I know maybe one Lana Del Rey song. I can't even think like, of the name of it. But, like, I, I, when I see people, like, tweet about the song. Born to Die, is that a song? I don't know. But, like, I saw people tweet about, like, this is really good to you? I mean, that's fine. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like it's almost like hipster girls have to like Lana Del Rey, though. Probably. I don't know. You have to be... I kind of had the same reaction to her that I did to John Mayer, although I know it's very... That, that's what I think was dating. I think I saw something on Twitter, like, aren't they cute together? And I was like, wait, no way they're dating, because that would be too perfect <laughs> to see them together. He actually dropped a new song as well, Love on the Weekend. It's a very John Mayer song. Weekend with no E at the end? No, he had the E. Oh, okay. He's, he knows how to spell. <laughs> Why don't we talk about a movie we saw together. It was a very good movie called Arrival. Facts. 93% Rotten Tomatoes, Facts. which we know you have to listen to anything Rotten Tomatoes says. <laughs> We're um, consistent. And, I mean, I, I guess my, the, my, my first question about this is, what what makes Amy Adams so appealing? She's just a talent. She's a really good actress. Yeah, I mean, like, I was watching her and I was like, I don't know if there's anything about this performance that necessarily stands out. I'm like, holy crap. But at the same time... She communicates, or yeah, communicates emotion well. Right? Yeah, I, I think that she's able to... To, to do, I think what we, we laud a lot of actors for is she takes scenes that would normally not really be anything and she can make it mean so much with just a look or the way that she, her, her shoulders slump or something like that. So it, she is just a force, I guess, in, in terms of, I guess, just acting talent, but I really couldn't figure out why, why she's so big. I mean, she's also in that Nocturnal Animals movie, mm-hmm. which is getting really good reviews right now as well. So she's poised to have a really big Oscar season. Yeah, I mean, she's been nominated, I think, three, two or three times already. Yeah. American Hustle is one of them. That's funny, because back when American Hustle came out, there's a big deal that Jeremy Renner got paid more than her, and they were both in supporting roles. 
and now they're both in this movie together. Yeah, I'm sure she probably got paid more. Yeah, definitely. definitely. She's the lead this time. You got some stage for Arrival, though, man. Yeah, it's, a- absolutely. It's this year's sci-fi film that isn't really about the sci-fi. It's a, it's a, it has that broad appeal, right? It sounds like Midnight Special. No, it's not like Midnight Special. <laughs> Although, check out our review on that. Sci-fi.com slash NostalgiaPod. Another very good sci-fi movie. Awesome movie. But it's a lot like Gravity, right? It's like The Martian mm. and even Interstellar where it just has that broad appeal yeah. where it's not just like sci-fi nerds want to see it, it or like back in the day on like Contact, right? Mm-hmm. It's about humanity, right? It's about yeah. emotions and in this, in this case, communication, right. linguistics. <laughs> yeah, it's about togetherness. It's about yeah. setting aside differences. I think what the movie does really well is it does take a very broad appeal. I mean, aliens come to 12 places all over the world right and basically people are forced to communicate with each other to figure out what's going on and the alien ships open up humans can go inside it to go and observe or try to communicate with the aliens for like a certain amount of time so amy adams gets picked to go and try to help the u.s army figures out she's this amazing linguist we're not going to spoil it right that would be really heinous because this movie is awesome yeah you should definitely special but it, it takes this broad appeal, but then it, it, bring, it breaks down questions that seem way more prevalent in the, like, the last couple weeks than they probably did about a month or two ago. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, Athlete time release. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because I think it actually delivers which uh, on, on answering a lot of those questions, at least the, the perspective that the movie wanted to go from. And that can be really hard to do while also pulling off a sci-fi movie that makes sense and isn't yeah. considered like cheesy. And well, it subverts like a lot of classic sci-fi tropes in the third right. act too, which is really important. I mentioned before, but Dennis Villeneuve, the director, mm-hmm. low-key, like, is he the hardest working director in Hollywood? He has four movies since 2013. Prisoners with Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know Jake Gyllenhaal, Sicario last year, mm. and Arrival this year. Sicario was very Those good. Those are four acclaimed movies in yeah. three years. Yeah, no, I, I didn't realize he was that active. That's a really good resume. And <laughs> he's the guy directing Blade Runner 2049. Uh, Look at him. He established himself with all these original movies, successful acclaimed movies with his own ideas, and now he has a franchise. That's what you call a callback, folks. I didn't realize he w- he had made all those movies. That's actually yeah, a really I didn't either, into it. interesting resume that he has. And, and uh, like you said, I think he's earned you know a, a a bigger job, so to speak. I think you you talked about the third act really kind of working. Yeah, I mean, oh, it absolutely worked. I think it, it it totally changes your perspective of the movie. Like the last yes. like thirty or so minutes. This is a movie that warrants rewatching too. Once you see the whole thing, yeah. The first time. It, I I actually left the theater feeling a little bit confused, but in a good way. Same. Because my whole perspective and my whole understanding of the movie. I mean, the, considering the flashbacks they show you, the way the characters present you think things are happening for one reason turns out they're happening for a completely other reason i guess also spoiler fast forward one minute i wanted to ask you if you were putting amy out of position you could see yeah what was going to happen would you do it would you would you follow through no nope. uh, it's hard to say probably i guess right yeah that's i think that, that that's an incredibly interesting i've actually thought about that question a lot since that happened so if you're just joining us after fast forwarding to not get a major spoiler for arrival welcome back <laughs> We are about to talk about Fantastic Beasts, I think, unless you had more thoughts on Arrival. Renner! Yeah, he actually, I do want to give him some props. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, shout out Renner. Shout out to those tracking shots from the movie, dude. Yeah. Beautiful movie. Dude, it, it was beautifully shot in, like like you said, 12 different places on Earth, so you saw a wide array of right. tracking and setting shots. Yeah. yeah, this movie's important, so go see it. It's actually already hit $100 million overall at the box office worldwide, yeah. which is pretty good because it's a, it's a modest budget. It's one of those modest, you know, sci-fi budgets with B, B to A-list talent. So it's an important movie, and we have one of these hopefully every year. I can't so. believe you called Amy Adams 
B-list. Well, not everyone knows who she is, right? Really? Well, think about it. I have to assume everybody knows who she is. It's probably not correct, but when I say A-list, I'm thinking of the people DiCaprio. that everyone knows. DiCaprio, Walter, Denzel, Will Smith, Julia Brad Roberts, Pitt, Tom Cruise... Scarlett Johansson, people like that. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then after that, the actors that are just as notable, they should be just as well known, but like Renner, Amy Adams. This is my question. Amy Adams is probably more talented than some of those people. Maybe. Maybe now. Doing better work. A-list, Angelina Jolie. Oh yeah, she definitely is. Brad Pitt. B-list, Marion Cotillard. Daniel Day-Lewis, definitely she's, not A-list, although he should be, right? He's A-list, what are you talking about? I, I guess I guess I'm thinking about more of, like, talent, though. And, oh, yeah, not, you're talking I'm, about, not, I'm just talking about, about recognizability. Yeah, it also comes with the checks, too. True, very true. Which is how you make movies. So, we also saw separately, though, Fantastic Beats. We yeah. also saw separately... Drop that Fantastic Beats! <laughs> <laughs> Turn it up! Bubba Sparks Fat dropping <laughs> that Fantastic Beats. <laughs> So yeah, we saw David Yates' Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. David Yates' Fantastic Beasts. Yes, actually, it's J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Very like, few people know what that means. David Yates directed it, I should say. Yeah. Every Harry Potter since Order of the Phoenix. And he's, at this moment, directing all the Fantastic Beasts. 76% Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think? I well, think it's a good movie, not a great movie. Mm-hmm. I liked it, didn't love it. But I think it's a good blueprint for the four movies that will follow this. How so? Explain that. The world building it had to do. Because it basically had to do all of the world building all over again, right? Right, Because it was right. taking place in America seven years beforehand. A whole different wizarding culture that they had to soft introduce. Brand new leads, <gasps> brand new characters. Is that Brian Hines? Brian Hines, can you give us your quick one-minute take on Arrival? The whole circular timeline completely messed me up. I, I really was not prepared <laughs> for that. I was expecting, I don't know, it, it just wasn't what I expected. <laughs> all right, well said. Great job, Brian Hines. Thanks. Yeah, so uh, David Yates' Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, written by J.K. Rowling. She's got her it friend. shows that she wrote it. Just want to point that out. Uh, yeah, how so, David? David, you, you said... I'm going to keep calling you David now. It, it set up the, the world and it did a lot of world building, which I guess it did, but aren't the upcoming movies taking place in different countries? And, like, I guess I would suspect different cultures then in the Wizard right. World? Right, so they said the second one is going to be in Paris. Yep. And we know that the final duel with Grindelwald and Dumbledore is in 1945. Mm-hmm. And that's in England, correct? So, yeah, in England. And most of Grindelwald's, like, the first Wizarding War that he starts, that's all throughout Europe. It's not really in America. Right. But this movie takes place in the 20s, so that's a nice span of time mm-hmm. that they will travel through. But it's interesting because Newt Scamander's the lead, Eddie Redmayne, we knew this. The Golden Boy. Newt Salamander. They established some of his homies. Kowalski, I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. The Baker dude. Yeah, he was. He was okay. But here's the thing. He's not gonna be part of it moving forward. They said that Newt will still be around, but they also acknowledge that Newt's not gonna be the main lead in the future. Yeah, I mean, you have to assume it's gonna follow Dumbledore, right? Yeah, that they said it's gonna follow Dumbledore, Grindelwald, and the Homie Credence, Clearwater Revival. Yeah, Credence played by Ezra Miller, which I mean, first of all, he's fantastic. He kind of had to know that Ezra Miller's character wasn't gonna be just some guy. Yeah, just know? some throw-in at this point. Credence. Yeah. Also, weird names: Credence, Modesty, um, Queenie, the the head of fucking the, Newt. Yeah, the, well, <laughs> and and the, the head of the Makusa was. I, I don't even remember. Percival Graves. No, Percival Graves, That's he was... Colin Farrell. Yeah, he was Colin Farrell, who... I mean, he basically played every Colin Farrell character ever. Do you right? want, are we going to spoil this? Yeah, why don't we... Right. Let's, we're throwing a spoiler tag. Yeah. So if you don't want to... If you want to see Fantastic Beasts Bookmark this comeback. This is the last thing we're talking about. Yeah. So here's the thing with Percival Graves. I have a question for you, Pat. Mm-hmm. Do you think he'll be back in the future, a la 
Mad-Eye Moody was in the future Harry Potter movies. If we recall, in Goblet of Fire, he was impersonated by Barty Crouch, the Death Eater. Mm-hmm. But then the real Moody comes back later. Do you think the real Percival Graves, who is actually a good guy, will be back? Or maybe Colin Farrell won't be in in the future. It'll just be a one-off thing. I don't suspect he'll be back. They have the same haircut, Grindelwald and Graves. Yeah, and I wasn't sure if that was because... Grindelwald took over his body. Yeah, just made him up. Right? Yeah. Maybe killed him, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, obviously it had to be somebody who was established if they had the ear right. of the president of, the or Makuza, which actually, really, really cool name. Yeah. J.K. Rowling, I think, does that better than anybody else, and building a world is like coming up with like slang terms and things yeah, like that. Yeah, that's a good point. I, did you like the nomash versus the muggle thing? They kind of had that right yeah. in the beginning. Yeah, that was interesting. And let's tackle the twist right now, then. So... Gray's, it's actually Grindelwald, so Johnny Depp actually really is in the movie beyond that first scene we knew he was kind right. of in. Did that take you out of the movie? Did you like that? You know, it was interesting because I, I guess after I saw the back of Johnny Depp's head at the beginning right. of the movie, Very I I kind of thought we weren't going to see Grindelwald for the rest of it, so I, I was surprised. Yeah. Looking back, there were definitely subtle hints that... There were. Like, for example, when, when Newt meets with Graves, he's like, I'm not one of Grindelwald's like followers or something like that, and he just kind of smiles and... Yeah. And well, he had the Deathly Hollow symbol. Yeah, the, the Deathly Hollow symbol. So I kind of suspected maybe he was a follower of Grindelwald. Right. I didn't think he was actually him. Yeah. But... I thought that was a good twist. It surprised yeah, me. Yeah, when Newt and him have that interrogation thing, and they're kind of talking about how, like, you know, wizards should be above muggles, blah, 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 mm-hmm. Totalitarian stuff. Newt's kind of like, you mean like for the greater good, which is basically Grindelwald's tagline right. throughout his whole thing. And Graves is like, yes, you got it, or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I should, I should have seen that right yeah. there as the tell. But I mean, when you finally see Depp as Grindelwald, he's stepping it up. He's got weird looking eyes, talking in a weird voice. So I really hope he hits this villain, man, because he's doing his contemporary Depp. Like he always does. I was so not excited to see him as Grindelwald, and I, I don't feel very excited about see, like following him throughout a whole movie. Yeah, so they name-checked Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. A couple times. The, 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 I think that's how Newt will stay in, in the story, at least for the next movie or two, because he was a student of Dumbledore, right? Yeah, and so it that's was... That's how we'll see him. And it was alluded to that he will, not only was he in high favor of Dumbledore, but also that his brother was a war hero. Yeah, I think we'll so, get that brother. Yeah, I think we're going to, I think they'll be tied together. The other forward. Right, which, who would you want to play the the Golden Boy's brother? It's a good question, I don't know. I was thinking, who the hell they got? Henry the, Cavill? Oh, wow. I would really like that, playing like the Wait, war hero brother. Wait, what about the Golden Boy? I would love that. With the Golden Man. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he did a uh, English accent in... Oh, wait, no, he played the American in... Uh, Man from Uncle? Yeah, Man from Uncle. So he didn't do the accent. And, th- and th- that was American in Russian, right? Yes, Army Okay, Hammer. yeah, so... But Dumbledore's casting needs to be... Perfect. Perfect. And it needs to be. They've kind of been, like, pseudo-soliciting ideas. I don't think they have someone down yet. And honestly, everywhere I've looked, I've listened to a lot of people I trust do their, their spoiler cast and their reviews, and no one has a good suggestion right now. Yeah. And I mean, it's certainly not going to be Michael Gambon made looking young, because be, he has to be young. He's a young... Dumbledore, he's like in his 20s or something. Right, yeah. Well, let's see, because Grindelwald, in 1945, so supposedly they're what, in their, like their 40s or 50s something when they have like this that, duel? Yeah. So, Remember, yeah. Remember, Harry Potter takes place in the 90s. Yeah, man, I mean, it's a really hard role I to mean, catch. He doesn't even have to look like Dumbledore because he's going to be very young. And, like, right. You can see like they have like those pictures from in the movie, so mm-hmm. they don't look, he doesn't look anything like uh, old Dumbledore, so it doesn't really matter, but he's got to cast a good actor. Yeah. But then again, maybe it won't be as bad because young Dumbledore was very different from the sage Dumbledore we like. Well, know. yeah, because uh, supposedly the way that they become friends is they both 
Grindelwald and, and Dumbledore both agree that they want to create a new world order of yeah. some sort. Yeah, like Grindelwald like, moves into Godric's Hollow, like that's right. where Gr- Dumbledore's from. And yeah, exactly. From, from circumstance. Man, you know, you know what's funny is I immediately think Ewan McGregor, <laughs> but he, he can't play it because he's already Obi-Wan. Like, yeah. he, can't, he can't play the young sage guy again. It's too close, too close. But Ewan McGregor wouldn't be a bad option. Yeah, interesting Johnny idea. Depp. Maybe. I just watched Jeffy Howell's part one and two before I saw Fantastic mm-hmm. Beasts, and then I like started like doing wiki digging again, trying to you know relearn all the monotonous stuff that is Harry Potter. Yeah. But it's just like learning about like Dumbledore and how, as we read the books and see the movies, mm-hmm. we learn who Dumbledore is from Harry's point of view. This great pal- this great wizard, awesome guy, you know, mentor. Yeah. And then then you learn that he fucked up a few times throughout oh, his wizarding career. In in big fuck ups. And, and even made some questionable decisions. Yeah, or like you know, ethically. Which is, uh, I mean, just to uh, just an interesting character to cast. Not to give lip service to Harry Potter any more than it needs to, because I think people already think it's probably one of the greatest stories ever written. But that's such a real part about growing up is idealization of people, and then seeing them come back down to down to earth and being like, sure. oh wow, they're actually just humans. Like, like when they say, don't meet your heroes. Kind yeah, of thing, exactly. Right? That kind of that kind of reminds me. J.K. Rowling's just so good at writing. Well, that kind of reminds me of why this Fantastic Beasts or to find them doesn't resonate with most people the same way that the other mm-hmm. ones, the Harry Potters do, because we don't have any affinity for Newt and all these other people no. that we introduce. Now they're bad characters. Right. But some of them are a little underwritten. Mm-hmm. You know, and the plot's a little clunky. Well, Rowling, it, Rowling could have used a rewrite, which I think she had some help with, but I think she could use a co-writer for this. Sure. Pretty clearly just for... But she has the idea. She has the world. We know that. Mm-hmm. We need to get that onto the, the screenplay better, I think. Sure. But do you think Fantastic Beasts were to find them will be... Fantastic Beasts is the tagline for the future. Fantastic Beasts and blah, blah, blah. Harry Potter and the blah, blah, blah. Are just going to be yeah. a through line in this? I don't see how they can be when Newt isn't even going to be a through line. Yeah, I mean... Like, I think they're going to totally move in a different direction. I don't know that, what they going to call this. Like, you know, like, The Hunger Games becomes The Hunger Games Catching Fire, or, like, right. The Diversion Series. Like, maybe they'll call it The Fantastic Beat. I don't know. Like, I think there's a serious conversation to be had about how they name this. I, I actually think it will stay as Fantastic Beasts only because I think the spin that they'll put on it is that... Because the, the whole theme seems to be non-mages or muggles sure. versus wizards or, and witches. So it, it'll become... Wizards and witches are the fantastic beasts. Yeah, sure. And it will be about yeah. So I, I think I think they'll spin it in that way. Um, I saw a rumor which I didn't really do a lot of digging on this. Do you think Credence Barebone, played by Ezra Miller, is Voldemort's dad? I don't know. He could be. I mean, there's not much known about Voldemort's yeah. dad. I don't think other than Voldemort killed him. To yeah. The Horcrux. Sure. You want. I mean, it'd be an interesting twist to tie back in. I guess they're obviously going to be connecting this to Harry Potter. Sure. Beyond and and. Well, I mean, I don't know how much how much they can do because the story the, ends in forty five. Yeah, exactly. Harry Potter picks and up. And that's the not 90s. a connection. That's just here's Dumbledore's backstory. Right. <laughs> and here's how Grindelwald got imprisoned and why Voldemort killed him. Yeah. Halls, part two, like that's not a big enough connection. So you're right. There's a they're, lot. They're going to be dying to make a Voldemort connection. The, the, there'll be things like we see like a young McGonagall. Yeah. Or definitely. you know little things like that. Hagrid's dad or something. That would be pretty cool. I, I don't know. There's just so many directions they can go with this, and so you could be the new Hagrid in terms of animal. Ah, that's true. So, like, keep him around, but he won't be in lead. Right. Pretty soon. Yeah, but... but I don't know, do we want Dumbledore to be in lead? Because that could be Grindelwald. And, like, it could be Credence. Like, I, I just... I for feel four like... movies, there's a lot we don't know. Yeah. It, four more movies. I mean, obviously, it's going to follow, you know, how this war builds up, and it's going to climax with big duel. And it seems like they're going to try to build it up from several different directions, so... Mm-hmm. 
I, I can see it being co-leads where it's showing one half of the story is Dumbledore, one half is Grindelwald, and that's one movie, just their relationship. And there's also the angle of Newt's girlfriend, Leto Lestrange, you know, Bellatrix Lestrange, the mm-hmm. family. She's played by Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. That picture is Zoe Kravitz, so we'll have her in the future films, so... Shout out Zoe Kravitz, by the yeah. way. She's good. She's beautiful. And also John Voight, Senator here in America. <laughs> Will he be back? Maybe? I don't know, man. There's... Sounds like a nice uh, money grab for him. Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be... There, there's a ton of questions. There's a ton of possibilities. Like you said, I think that this is a good start. I think that there's going to... I mean, there's going to be a ton of hype around this no matter what. The Dumbledore casting might actually break Twitter. Uh, when it, so if if you want to enjoy Twitter before then, just make sure you get all your tweets in before Dumbledore's yeah. cast, because people are gonna hate it or love it. Yeah, and, and most do, likely hate it's it. It's doing well. Seventy five million dollar opening is less than all the other Harry Potters, but still really solid. And it only dropped thirty nine percent with forty five oh, wow. in second weekend. So it's doing well. So you don't have to worry about anything like that. And you know, critically received, it's it's fine. You know, it's good. Yeah, and the good thing is it'll be on its way out when Rogue One comes in to dominate all of our lives in it's two good. weeks. So. Exactly. Man, I can't wait to see that. We gotta get tickets, by the way. We're and they're just that. going on sale either today. Yeah, today, yeah. Today, like we like we mentioned earlier, see these movies. They're both important. They both have good messages in them, interesting messages for our times. Listen to 24 Karat Magic. Don't listen to Starboy. Or, listen to the songs I mentioned. Yeah, l- listen to the songs Dave mentioned. Check out Awaken, my love, coming out this weekend. Friday. Tweet us what you think. Yeah. For our review. At Nostalgia Pod, at Sheeny World Peace. Dave is at, at Martin Swagger. Yeah, and if you have any thoughts for us, if you want to clap back at Alex O'Neill for us, Dave <laughs> mentioned his uh, Twitter at I'll the beginning. Fight yeah, fight, fight my battles for me. Don't, don't make me have to face this, this person who called me a loser through Twitter by myself. I'm going to weaponize social media. That's my goal. Pat, quick thoughts on Coachella Rumors. Oh, yeah. So, Coachella Rumors, uh, Beyonce, Kendrick, Radiohead, and potentially Oasis reuniting for the first time in seven years which i never thought would happen in my lifetime because the gallagher brothers hate each other i'm very excited seeing oasis live would be amazing i'm not obviously not going to coachella because tickets are already sold out and to get new ones especially if oasis reunites will be thousands of dollars plus plus airfare (laughs) plus finding a hotel yeah so uh i will not be going to that but hopefully that oasis will or more and I can hear Wonderwall and uh, Don't Look Back in Anger live. That'd be awesome. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Beyonce, Kendrick? Uh, it can't all be true. You don't think so? That's too many. Uh, I don't know. It'd be awesome. Don't get me wrong. I think it could be. I don't know. I, I'm very optimistic. Coachella always just blows things out of the water. They always, last year, right? Yeah, last year. Well, but they had Guns N' Roses last year. I mean... Yeah, that's a good point. They always get people that other people this can't This keeps get. leading me to my conversation about rock. All Everyone keeps coming back because there's nobody new. However... Speaking of rock being dead, Consequence of Sound. <laughs> Good tweet. Yeah, they tweeted out their top 50 albums of 2016 list, and they left off The Life of Pablo. Yeah. <laughs> they left off Untitled Unmastered. So there was no hip-hop on it then, right? No, it was it was pretty decent. I mean, Kay Trinata was on there. That's Beyonce was number one. Okay. Um, was YG on there? I think YG was in the 40s. Schoolboy Q? I don't know about school, I don't remember Schoolboy Q. Chance was number three. Oh, right. Yeah, Chance was number but um, no Pablo, come on. Yeah, but they but they had Carsey Headrest, which I they had him at sixteen, which I thought was fair. But then they said that Rock is dying out, but Will Toledo is like the next person to take it over. It's like Carsey Headrest is an indie rock band who has nine minute long songs that are very strange. It's not gonna yeah. take the mantle of rock. It's not, they're not the Arctic Monkeys That's or something like rock. that. Yeah, <laughs> so Consequence of Sound is just trash. Don't read any of their reviews. They're they're worthless. Yeah. So Consequence of Sound, screw you. 
you don't have the Life of Pablo on there, you're not a, a valid music site. And that's how we're going to end the pod this week. So we'll see you next week. Tweet at us at NostalgiaPod. We out. All my days, I pray and pray.